Well, we think of those in the world of fitness as exceptionally healthy people, but our next guest is helping to shine a light on what can be an unhealthier aspect of the industry. Nat Levy was working as a fitness trainer when she experienced FAT, which is an acronym for Female Athlete Triad. It's a condition where women exercise their body to such an extent that they lose their menstrual cycle, bone density and energy. Nat says she succumbed to the pressure of those working in the industry often feel to look their best, but was finally forced to confront what she was doing to her body. She's written a book about her experience called From FAT to Fierce, Solving the Health Puzzle When Your Body is Not Responding. And it gives advice also on how to come back as she has. And that's in the Auckland studio. Good morning. Good morning, Catherine. So the pressures of the fitness industry, one imagines they could come from all directions. There's performance. There is your sheer physical fitness. And there is the way you look. How can these pressures have a real downside? Yeah, it, there is a lot of pressure, um, not only if you're working in the fitness industry, but if you're just a user trying to get moving and get yourself fitter and healthier. Um, and it all kind of stems from all this different information that we're presented with. In my case, um, I was particularly performance focused. So there was a lot of training, not only in the classes or the movement to music that I was doing, but also outside of that to make myself um, I guess work on skills that I might not have been as strong at or do my weights for strength training and all this training just kind of added up and added up until the volume of training itself was it was quite a lot for one week. And what were you doing? Give us an idea. <laughs> I was teaching a lot of classes so I'd probably teach my regular schedule which was about 10 to 15 classes which that in itself is way above the recommendations of what you should be moving on top of that I would be doing strength training because you know we're told strength training for women is good and I really wanted to be a strong woman and then I would be doing um, yoga to try and chill out which on top of everything else I was doing is just more training and more exercise and energy that was going out of my body. What were the symptoms that something was going wrong? When I was in the midst of female athletes triad, I actually didn't feel too bad because I was so goal-orientated. I was so um, set on striving to reach my fitness goals. Um, it wasn't, I didn't feel terrible until I was trying to heal. And that's the thing with hormonal damage. It can take a long time to show up, but it can also take a long time, if not longer, to heal. So when I was in the midst of it, I actually... I just felt so driven. I don't remember feeling awful. The only thing that physically or symptomatically presented was that I did not have a regular cycle. But to be honest, I didn't strike this as unfamiliar or weird because it was just, I don't know, there was a few other people and I'd read about it in the, like, in the industry that it was just kind of a common and accepted thing. Um, I only found out that my hormone levels were not quite showing on the charts as they should be is because I had dreams and desires of having a family. So this not having a period or a regular cycle meant that uh, my husband and I had to go and investigate fertility. And it was from that point where I saw my endocrinologist that I found out where my hormone levels were at. And uh, the seriousness of the situation was actually presented to me. You also mentioned that you noticed it when you were healing. Was this after all this was uncovered or was it when you were trying to get over an injury? Or, or, what did you mean by that? Oh, so when I was healing from female athletes' triads, right. so trying to make um, interventions and strategies right. into my lifestyle to improve the energy output and the energy input, I actually felt a lot worse because right. your body, your body's always going to want to come back to a state of homeostasis or balance. So 
I went from where something my body was kind of used to operating as very familiar and then suddenly changing a pattern of behavior. And when I say suddenly, it wasn't as drastic as that. I'd try small lifestyle interventions one after another. And it was during that time trying to find my body and resettle it into a process and have hormones come back online or different sensations. Um, it was kind of, I liken it to going through puberty again. It's all that weird stuff that happens that you're not familiar with. That's when it was quite challenging because you just, you, your body's not operating in a way that you're used to or um, in a pattern that you'd expect. What did you learn about what had happened to your hormone levels? It's overtraining essentially, isn't it? And, and what did you learn about what had happened and what was happening? And what does happen to others? Oh, so I think w- what I learned was that more is more is does not equal more. And if you are in a play, because exercise can be addictive. And I mean, we talk about the benefits of exercise and there definitely are the benefits to that. And the physiological as well as the psychological benefits are well dated in information. But that, that can also be an addiction. You can get addicted to that feel good kind of factor and that's in the place where I was like exercise was like therapy for me and I you know it didn't seem unusual for me to go and do a workout or do something extra to feel good I think that was one thing that I realized through this journey is how much I was using it as a crutch sometimes you had also lost weight um you're a tall athlete um but even then was there some kind of a pressure either from yourself or someone else to to, to lose weight well, I, I didn't actually lose weight in the syndrome. Like I was, um, you know, I was definitely maintain a steady weight. And I definitely felt pressure in the role of my job to look a certain way. And there has been times um, that I was given advice to lose more weight. And weight is such a, it's such an old school kind of way of looking at things. Because we all know that muscle weighs more then fat mass and um, so it was kind of a ridiculous target that I was given being that I was six foot two and quite an athletic build with a bit of muscle Um, but for female athletes tried I didn't lose weight it was more about um, the body fat percentage and my body just kind of became used to operating at this certain percentage which wasn't healthy for me to maintain a regular hormonal cycle as a female. You went through this period then of trying to get into an all-round healthier approach to uh, your fitness and to your career. How long and how difficult was the journey back to, as you say, something where you felt right again? Yeah, it was uh, it was a long process. So I would give it a good 18 months to two years. And a lot of that um, was because I'm so thoughtful and I... Uh, I guess I'm so patterned with the way that I think. Um, it was more about trying to in- integratively look at my health. So rather than just thinking of movement, rather than just thinking food as um, nutrition, looking at it as full nourishment. So not only what I was having in terms of macronutrients, which are your carbs, proteins, and fats, but looking at the micronutrients that I could be eating, like my vitamins and minerals to really support my system, and even some herbals to really try and factor in balancing out my hormones that were kind of just like what is going on uh, as they tried to heal and balance back and then also a big part of this for me was um, looking at my mental clarity and what I call restoration so I am someone who's quite thoughtful as I've already alluded to and I can be very um, overthinking at times and so it was kind of tools and tricks and tips that I could put into place in my life where the mind kind of wasn't controlling what my body might be saying, if that makes sense. Because I think when you're goal-driven or if you're working towards a specific um, 
thing that you'd like to achieve. In my case, like the mind was so powerful that it would override how my body may be feeling. You have to listen to your body. You do. Even if you're pushing and training and, and elevating your fitness, you still have to listen to your body. So in the book, you touch on all of these things and give advice to others. Look, let's talk about um, nutrition and diet in the first instance. You say to people, ask yourself questions. You know, why are you fasting? Why are you doing keto? Why are you doing vegan? And and what are you getting at there? Because some of this is the internal motivation and some of this is likely external, right? Absolutely. Like we're all influenced by something. And what I'm saying there is rather than just following a trend because it's the new trend's sake, question why you're doing it and if it is actually beneficial for your body. Some people will respond very well for these different styles of eating. But the truth of the matter is that we're all different. So we should be eating in a style that's unique and different to us. And um, there's lots of research and uh, there's a lot of new kind of ways of thinking with fitness and nutrition now coming out where it's more tailored towards who you are as a person and you're not only your unique genetic code, but also culturally what is going to be best for your body and looking back at that to see what what food groups and what kind of proportion of food groups or what types of food will really serve you very well. You also talk about those hormones and you talk particularly about the stress hormones. Just explain a little bit more about people who can end up locked into overdrive. Yeah, so stress is a is an interesting one actually because we our bodies can't perceive what different stresses are. So if for example you're sitting in traffic, you could see that as stressful, but your body doesn't go, "Oh my gosh, this is traffic stress," and that's different from I'm eating something which is um, actually an allergen for my body, which is a, you know it's a different type of stress, but your body just sees it as a stressful response. So what happens is that all this stress is, if you think of your body like a big stress bucket, it just captures all this stress and keeps taking it on until, you know, something you might something might happen that could be very small, but your body perceives as stressful, and it's just that that one thing too many that'll stop a cascade of other hormonal cycles or other things that need to operate in your body from performing efficiently. And the other big takeouts for those who are listening and thinking, hmm, this is possibly where I'm heading. What are the other things that you, the other key questions they should ask themselves about what's going on? Well, I think if someone is thinking, oh, this could be me, then trust that instinct. Um, that's one thing that I have definitely learned from my journey is, you know, my body would tell me things that I just wouldn't listen to. And you do know. So if you have the inkling that something's not right or you're exhausted at the end of exercise where you should be feeling energized or um, there's just something in there that is just not marrying up for you, then trust that. And what I would do is go to a respected professional or talk to someone that you can trust because sometimes we can't always see it ourselves and we need that um, that kind of other view to talk to us and ask the questions, as was in my case, for us to realise that, oh, okay, maybe this is on the extreme end of the scale. You have a line in here, you're talking about high-intensity interval training, actually, which is one of those latest, I mean, these, these come and go, don't they, these latest... I'll call it a fad. It's a bit more than a fad because it has some science underpinning it. But they become the latest thing that everybody talks about and everyone does. And you just say here, too much of a good thing is not great for you. Too much of HITT is like anything else. And that's the lesson across all, isn't it? As you say, constantly doing more of it more often 
isn't actually optimal for, for anything you're trying to achieve. This is true, and high-intensity interval training is is a stressful thing for your body. Yes, it is brilliant for getting you fit fast, but not even high-performing teams would do two pure, more than two pure kind of hit sessions in a week. It's all very periodized and programmed, so that's not not overly stressful for the body. There's that kind of factoring in where your body can repair and recover. So yes, even though it is brilliant to get you fit fast, and it is quite topical and very um, popular at the moment. There's no way that you want to be doing this sort of training day in, day out, and not giving your body enough time to recover. Do you feel you've got you back, Nats? Do you think that you've got at the other end of of what you went through? I do. I I'm always going to have a love for exercise, <laughs> and I, you You're know, that's watch. just yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just something that I'm going to have to continually monitor. But with the steps in place that I put into my lifestyle, I have a way to gauge. Okay. Well, this is too much on today. I need to have a rest. Um, yeah, definitely the fact that I've lost the brain book, that I wrote a book, that I can think clearly and that I can laugh out loud at jokes. I, I didn't realize there was a period of my life where I just wasn't finding anything funny, whether it was funny or not. And to have that mental clarity back is just been brilliant. And I'm feeling more like myself where I was quite worried for a while there that I would just never feel that that zest for life again. Thank you, Nets Levy. The book is From FAT to Fierce, Solving the Health Puzzle When Your Body Is Not Responding.